Every other month, I attend a Super Friends brunch where we talk about everything from purpose to pursuing new dreams and even menopause. Yep, you heard me, menopause, because if you're over 40 and your girlfriends don't keep it real, I don't know what to tell you. But we have these important conversations because how can we redefine wealth if we're not keeping up with our hormonal health? Now, we discovered Happy Mammoth. It's the company that created Hormone Harmony, and it's dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for us. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. Hormone Harmony contains herbal extracts called aptogens that help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally. And any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take Hormone Harmony. It's perfect for hot flashes, night sweats, menopause-related brain fog, sleeplessness, occasional bloating and gas. You get the picture. Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com by using the code RW at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RW for 15% off. Happy Monday. This week's Wisdom Point with Patrice Washington is brought to you by my mushroom coffee of choice, Rise. Rise delivers calmer energy, sharper focus, and immune support for a balanced body and clear mind. Plus, it has less than half the caffeine of normal coffee because, you know, I don't believe in jitters or crashing. You can get 25% off right now to try it, plus free shipping if you go to patricewashington.com slash rise. That's patricewashington.com slash R-Y-Z-E. This week, I wanted to give voice to the guilt associated with taking care of ourselves during this month of mindfulness. The idea of slowing down and taking some time to just focus on you is so difficult for so many of us as a community of mostly women. And I know that's for several good reasons. Some of those are cultural and societal and even religious expectations that emphasize the importance of just putting others first, often viewing selflessness as a virtue, right? And this can create a sense of guilt when you want to prioritize your own needs over the perceived needs of others. It could come from upbringing, childhood conditioning, the way that you're raised and the messages that you receive during childhood can significantly impact your belief about your ability to care for just yourself. It could be gender roles because a lot of us as women, we have heard that we should prioritize caregiving roles and that when we prioritize self-care for ourselves, that we experience guilt for not conforming to the expectations of others. We're called selfish and so many other things. I wanted to rewind to this episode with Valerie Burton that was called Let Go of the Guilt, where she talked about the concept of overcoming false guilt. Valerie Burton is a national best-selling author, international speaker, and life strategist. She's the founder and CEO of the Coaching and Positive Psychology Institute, better known as CAP. And she shares a story about how her childhood conditioning put her in a precarious situation. So take a listen. I used to eat full breakfast. Like I still do. I can't start my day without my breakfast. So, but my son's not that way. None of our kids are that way. And he, um, we had gotten to the point where I would just put Cheerios in a bag and a cup of milk and he could do it in the car because it was just exhausting. (laughs) 
And deep down, I kind of felt bad about this because that's just not what my mother ever would have done. So on this particular morning, but he was happy with it. Want to make that really clear. He was like, oh, finally, you know, she's not fussing about me not eating. So this particular morning, um, we were a little bit ahead of time, which means like five minutes. Okay. Not anything major. And it's time to go. And he says, mommy, I want to eat breakfast at the table. Can we eat breakfast at the table? And I like, without even thinking about it, it's all this guilt. Poor kid has to get up so early in the morning. I have to take him to this bus stop. It's only seven in the morning. He's five years old. You know, it's still dark outside. All he wants is to eat breakfast at the table with me. And I'm about to tell him, no, you're going to eat some cereal in the car. <laughs> I mean, these thoughts, all the things, 2.5 seconds, all of these thoughts, right? So he's asking the question. He's sitting there with that little face waiting for an answer. And I'm like, Sure, pumpkin, but you got to eat fast, <laughs> right? You know what happens next. So he's taking his time. I'm like, Alex, hurry up, hurry up, eat, eat, eat. We get in the car, we're running late. And I'm like holding the steering wheel like tight. You know how that goes. And we we turn the corner and I can see that the bus is starting to pull away. And I am, I literally hit the curb. Like I hit the curb, I heard this, Boom. And I'm like, well, I got to keep going because his school's across town. So if he missed the bus, I had to drive pretty far to get to the school. I hear the tire like flopping against the asphalt. I'm driving about 10 miles an hour. The bus driver does see my car. He recognizes me. He stops. I get Alex out of the car, get him on the bus. I go park in a space thinking, okay, how am I getting to the office now? Because I had busted two tires and I could feel that my SUV was like leaning to the side a little bit. And the whole reason that I went through that was because in my head, I literally had a flashback when he asked. My flashback was to me being a kid and my mom every morning, grits, eggs, bacon, toast, orange juice. And it wasn't like, you know, a meal she got out of, you know, the freezer aisle. This was, she got a pot out, made the grits, you know, scrambled the eggs, put the bacon in the oven. Okay. Not the microwave. And that's what I'm thinking. What kind of mom are you? Think about how your mom made your breakfast. You never ate breakfast in the car. In fact, your mom only fed you cereal once. And then I realized my mom fed me cereal once when I was in like third grade. <laughs> And I thought it was a snack. I made her. And you still asked her for breakfast. (laughs) Where's my breakfast? (laughs) So the thing is, when we start making decisions out of guilt, like that morning, I could have just said, no, Alex, we can do that tomorrow. But instead, I felt this false sense of guilt and and felt like I, I had to compensate. Let me let me try to let him do this really, really fast. And at the end of the day, what did I do? $800 worth of damage to my car? <laughs> yeah, hours spent waiting, I'm sure, for tow trucks and people to come. Oh, yeah. Several yeah, hours wasted. Uber to take me to the office and then later in the day, take me back to meet the tow truck. And, you know, it, but think about the ways that we do it that are more significant than that. I have coached women who won't ask for what they're worth when it comes to their income because, well, I'm very blessed to have this job. Nobody else in my family makes this kind of money or, or they're thinking, you know, this is, this is a small business. Maybe I'm being selfish, not I'm adding value that is increasing the business. So 
there are so many ways in relationships that it shows up. Um, people making relationship decisions and commitments. You know, I love the story that you tell in the book about a past client who turned down that proposal and then circle back and the gentleman comes back in her life and out of guilt, out of feeling like, well, I can't hurt his feelings twice. She goes into a marriage that was not for her. Yeah. Yeah. She felt basically that if she was going to give the relationship a try a second time, that she was obligated if he asked again, because it wouldn't be fair to try again and say no again. I mean, we often don't talk out loud about the thoughts that we're really having and the real motives behind why we do what we do. We're so afraid to have hard conversations that we just stuff it and then we make decisions that we know are not healthy for us, may not even be what we feel God leading us to do. And then we ultimately end up paying consequences later. Was that story not hilarious? We often pay the consequences later. What I want you to consider this week for your wisdom point is what is it costing you to not care for yourself from a place of guilt? Prioritizing everyone else above yourself is going to ultimately cost you in the long run. For Valerie, in that moment, Choosing to make that decision from a place of guilt cost her time, it cost her energy, it cost her, uh, you know, money to fix her car. But how many times have you made a decision from a place of guilt that just didn't serve you? And right now, as we're in this month of mindfulness and we're talking about listening to your body and making those doctor's appointments and doing all the things to make sure that you are fit pillar ready for this year of 2024, What could it cost you to not make the time to go to the doctor's appointment from a place of guilt because you think other people need to be served first? I can't tell you how many times I have spoken on a stage and mentioned the importance of listening to your body, going to the doctor. And I have had a woman in this community send me a message later and say they caught the cancer because you reminded me that I needed to go to the doctor and prioritize myself. And I rarely share this publicly, but the number of stories that I have heard about people catching some life-threatening disease before it actually took them out, just because of the simple step of prioritizing themselves and understanding that If your significant other, your loved one was walking around limping or in pain, you wouldn't settle for it. But how often do we settle for that for ourselves? Valerie's story was a funny one, but it does illustrate the point that too many of us are run by guilt. And this false guilt, this idea that you've done something wrong because you've chosen yourself, it has to stop. If you're going to truly redefine wealth for yourself this year, you have to put that to the side, prioritize yourself, get mindful, get still, make your fit pillar a priority and take care of you. Save yourself before you try to save everyone else. I hope this helps. I'll see you on the next episode of the Redefining Wealth podcast. Until then, this has been Wisdom Point with Patrice Washington.